0: talking about we're joining forces with Valley View Community Church who's up there in Henderson North Denver Tim's the pastor there, he's been there for quite a while. <laughs> I, I remember, this is a quick story, but I remember meeting Tim years ago when I went on a, a LT trip. We were up in Estes Park for the summer and we came down to do a service day and we came down and met him. I think you were in a rec center in Thornton then, uh, but we just sat and made phone calls all day long and that was kind of the first time I, I got to meet Tim and then I've gotten to get to know him better over getting to marry his daughter there, married Kate and Luke uh, a little while ago and um, just getting to, to know them a little bit better so you guys know. Kate, and you know Ryan, who's here quite often, but that's their dad, and so we're just glad to have you this morning. He'll be speaking more often now, so he'll be in our rotation. You'll hear him. You'll hear him on our next series, and uh, so give Tim a, a warm welcome. Thank you. Let me introduce my uh, wife real fast here to start with, Julie, uh, right there in the center aisle. And uh, I'd like to introduce you to my daughter, Fiona, who's uh, in the other room right now, finishing off the donuts. And uh, of course, you know, uh, yeah, my son, Will, he's in here somewhere, I think. I can't see too well up here with the lights, but uh, Will is out here somewhere. And, uh, and you know, Ryan, my son, Ryan, uh, a little taller than I am. And of course, uh, my daughter, Kate, and uh, my son-in-law, um, Thank okay. you. See, uh, no his name. No, I'm joking. Uh, my son-in-law, Luke, over there. So uh, you may have thought Jeff was my son-in-law, but no, no, he just he just married uh, Luke and Kate. That was it. But uh, but anyway, it is great to be here. And uh, you know, you're probably as shocked to see me standing up here as I am at seeing you sitting out there. Uh, it is kind of surprising uh, that we are at this juncture. You know, it's kind of like two people coming. Down two hallways, around the same corner at the same time, and they shock one another. You know, uh, I kind of feel shocked looking at you. You probably feel shocked looking at me. Uh, I never really thought we'd come to this point of really trying, endeavoring to to merge our two churches together. And, and though it's shocking, it's uh, it's exciting. Uh, we're really excited about the prospect of bringing our churches uh, together. Really, what's surprising to me now, as we've been we've been thinking through it for about six months from our side of things but what's almost surprising is we haven't thought about it sooner uh, because as we come closer and closer to this it almost just seems like such a, a better and better uh, idea, the idea of having one leadership team in a metro area you know that is uh, linked together there in starting churches in multiple church sites uh, and even linked with the campus now to campus workers It's really I just think a real thrill Model kind of like what we have in some churches there we know of in Minneapolis or Salt Lake City Uh, similar now what Loveland and Fort Collins are doing as well Uh, we're really excited about this prospect and as exciting as it is uh, chances are we really don't even know what we don't know about merging churches you know there's uh, we just have never done it before chances are there's going to be some adjustments some things we'll be figuring out as we go but uh, again we're really off to a good start I. think. Uh, I've really enjoyed working with the guys here, uh, Rich and Jeff and and, uh, Brad, of course, Brad is at our church today, this morning talking with our church and everybody else up there has heard Rich and and, uh, Jeff speak and so just thrilled by these guys. I really respect them all so much and I'm so happy to be uh, working with these guys and so um, again, uh, we're off to a good start. The whole fall is pretty well laid out, ways that we can kind of merge our Churches together. Uh, again, I don't think it's uh, that uh, easy, but I think it's going to be really exciting. Uh, we're looking forward to the first picnic we have coming up in September together. In October, we're going to join up with you guys down here the whole month of October. And August is just that time where uh, our churches really enjoy getting to know Jeff and Rich. Brad, and uh, today's an opportunity for you guys to kind of get to know me a little bit. And uh, we'll uh, basically just share with you a little bit about my background and a little bit about how I became a Christian, uh, a little bit about how my Christian life has unfolded today. And if we can, uh, although I'm keeping an eye on the clock here, I might wrap up with a verse from the Mighty Men, which is in keeping in concert with the series you guys have been working on as well. I'll put that in there somewhere. You know, I'm not sure, I'm not sure how yet, but we'll try. And, um, of course, I don't know what to emphasize totally, what not to emphasize. I suppose if I, you know, shared the whole 58 years will be here a long time. But we'll try to pick some highlights that are relevant for you guys and also maybe share a little bit more about who I am and my family. Oh, thank you. But th- that's the tie-in right there. Okay, <laughs> there you go. Thanks, Alan. Okay, let's pray and we'll, uh, we'll get started. Lord, we just want to, again, thank you for this day. I am just thrilled being here. And what a joy being with brothers and sisters that love you. And, Father, uh, love one another. Uh, Lord, uh, we're grateful for bringing us to this uh, juncture where we're actually pursuing uh, joining forces as two churches. It's an exciting venture. And we pray your blessings upon it. And even this month of August as we're just now gradually getting to know one another, getting to know our past. We pray that uh, you bless that effort and continue over the course of the fall uh, bringing us together as uh, one group of folks in two locations. But God, we just uh, pray that you lead us and guide us now in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, I could probably uh, divide my life into three categories, three sections. One would be Iowa, one would be entitled Florida, and then one would be entitled Colorado. And uh, we started our story here in in Iowa. And I was born on a farm in northwest Iowa. Uh, I'd have to say the sun rose and sat on my world back then. Uh, It was as Camelot as any world could possibly be. I couldn't script, could not have scripted a better story for myself I wouldn't have done anything differently love my family my mom my dad my brother two sisters grandma and grandpa Calvin. I just lived a quarter mile down the road another grandmother lived about five miles away uh, again I just really loved uh, uh, the home and my background I was active in school sports and music uh, the CYO I was a spiritual chairman of our CYO and uh, I just uh, really probably would have gone to school and would have come back to the farm eventually uh, but somehow or another God was wanting to help me cease being who I was in order that I could become who I could be and that's probably something he's still trying to do in my life today, cease being who I am in order to become what I could be and my guess is he's doing that in each of your lives also it's a daily challenge You know, am I willing to cease being who I am in order to become who I could possibly be and that was what God uh, began to do in my life helping me to be willing to do that and he nudged a little bit and became a little more and more pronounced as time went on in my junior year in high school I got this book American Colleges and I read the whole book I think it was the first and only book I ever read back then cover to cover but I wanted to figure out a good school to go to and I wanted a small private uh, Midwest school and I picked Hastings out of Nebraska of all places I love biology and they had a 414 schedule, that one month for biology students was in Florida. And I remember thinking, oh man, I've never been to Florida before. Uh, I'm just going to go to Hastings for college. You know, that one month would be wonderful. And so I was filling out my applications for Hastings College, and my dad walked into the kitchen where I was working, and he asked, he said, Tim, what are you doing? I said, "Uh, I'm filling out an application for Hastings College. And he said, well, why would you go to Hastings College? And I said, "Uh, you know, it just sounds uh, I can go to Florida one month out of the year. I thought that would be neat. And he said, well, Tim, you don't know anybody out there at Hastings. And I said, well, that's even part of the reason, too. I'd just like to kind of build a new world for myself uh, out somewhere like that. And Dad didn't say anything. He just left, went into the other room. And um, I just was left staring at this application knowing that Dad didn't want me to do it and knowing that Dad did want me to go to Iowa State University. I just knew that he did. He never really pushed it. But I just crumpled that application up to Hastings, right there on the spot, pulled out from my little file of all the schools that I'd been getting information from, Iowa State's application, and I signed on to go to Iowa State University. That's how I ended up going to Iowa State. You know, there is a promise in the Bible, and uh, it's the first promise, uh, you know, or command in the Bible, first command with a promise that if you honor your father and your mother, It'll go well with you, and uh, that was probably one of the big watershed moments of my life. You know where I was going to go from that farm, and uh, because I think I honored my dad, uh, I married to Julie over there. Uh, Because I honored my dad, it wasn't long after that that I ran into some Christians for the first time and accepted Christ as my savior. And again, sometimes that's the challenge we all face: is honoring our fathers and our mothers, whether they're alive or dead, doesn't even matter. We we honor their memories. Uh, or we honored them and uh, that was one thing that was always easy for me because I knew my parents loved me so much Uh, it was to honor them but not that I was perfect in that but uh, the day came where uh, right before we were going to go to Iowa State dad said Tim hop in the truck it was a 53 Ford pickup it was my grandpa's we used it for around the farm there and uh, we went about 5 miles an hour around that section you know mile by mile by mile by mile took about a half hour to drive those four miles, and I don't know all that dad said, but I do remember him saying this, he said, Tim, three things that I really want to drive home to you right now, number one is, uh, I don't want you to feel like you have to come home every weekend, and uh, I was the junior class president, I was responsible for ordering, organizing our prom, uh, I didn't even go to our prom though, I wasn't that big a deal to me, I'd rather stay home with mom and dad, I think dad knew that I was probably the sort of guy that was kind of a home buddy, a year later, he actually told me, he said, Tim, you know when I told you you didn't have to come home every weekend? I didn't mean you didn't have to come home at all. You know, I'd like to see a little bit of you. But uh, the other thing, he said, Tim, I want you to be free to have a few beers with the boys. I think he uh, wanted me to toughen up a little bit, kind of grow into my manhood a little bit. Uh, something I probably needed to do back then and uh, may still need to do now. But that, that was the two, those were the two, uh, uh, you know, some of you guys may have taken me out for a few beers. I guess but those are the two things that I um, that he told me and the third thing was that I marry a woman of my own faith and of course uh, for him that was the Catholic faith but uh, I, I honored him in that I married Julie who was of my faith it's just it wasn't the Catholic faith we were both we had both become Christians by then and so he drove me to school, dropped me off, and I moved into this big uh, building. It's like a fraternity called Alumni Hall. It's, uh, it's uh, a YMCA there at, uh, at the University of Iowa State campus. Moved in there. And the untested farm boy was now being tested for the first time and was failing. You know, I started doing like my dad said, going out and having a few beers with the boys. Had too many beers with the boys. Uh, and, you know, um, really I had no direction, no guidance in those days. Uh. It didn't last long though, because in January of my freshman year, I was studying at the Union, and really, you don't study at the Union; you just go there to look at the girls, really. But that's what I was doing, uh, kind of studying. I had a book open on my lap, and uh, there's a guy there uh, playing the piano, and I said, "Boy, uh, you're good." You know, his name was Dave Arbogast, He came over. He said, "Well, what's your name?" And I said, "Tim Cavanaugh." And he said, "You're Catholic," and I was kind of shocked. I thought that boy, this guy's clairvoyant. And he said, "Well, a name like Cavanaugh got to be." Irish gotta be Catholic and and that was all true. And so I, uh, he knew exactly where I was coming from. And he said, Tim, uh, do you believe in God? I said, yes, heaven and hell. Yes on heaven, not sure on hell. What do you have to do to get to heaven? And I clenched my fist, and Ryan always gets a chuckle out of this. He's heard this before. But I shook my fist up and down. And I said, you know, by living a good life, and I can still feel myself saying it, uh, I can hope to go to heaven. And he shared with me that night, Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, for by grace you're saved through faith that not of yourselves, it's not a result of work so that no one would boast and that verse just kind of uh, its literary arms you know jumped off the page and grabbed me by the shoulders and shook me because uh, I did believe the Bible was the word of God I just didn't think it was by, by uh, I thought it was by works that you were saved and that verse seemed to contradict what I was taught to believe and then he shared the other verse in 1 John these things I write to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you can know K-N-O-W he underlined that verse and I I thought it was even sacrilegious that he would underline the verse in the Bible. But he underlined the verse, know that you have eternal life. And that, again, its arms just came out and shook me around some because I never knew you could know you had eternal life. Well, he said, let's get together again in two weeks. And here's my room in the dorm. He was a senior. And to think that I would ever remember this is a miracle because uh, in those days, if you invited me to a party, I might be there unless there was a better party that was that came along I certainly didn't structure my time at all and uh, here I was uh, two weeks later doing something I didn't even want to do go back to visit this guy I enjoyed our initial conversation but I never really wanted to see him again the rest of my life after that but here we were walking across the campus to his dorm room two weeks later and when I got there he said you know Tim if you die tonight you're going to go to hell and I remember again um Inside, just being number one, being really afraid because man, this guy knew his Bible. And I thought, whoa, what if he's right? And I also was very angry at him though. And uh, we kind of closed it off. I walked home pretty fast. and I will say, I stopped at every intersection and looked both ways because I was <laughs> afraid. And uh, this guy knew his verses. And I just began to pray, God, I don't know the verses, but I just know that Jesus is God. I know that he died on the cross. I want him to be my Savior. And I prayed that every day for a couple weeks. And then he came by again another two weeks later. And he asked him if he made any decision. And I said, what do you mean? Well, have you accepted Christ? I said, I've been doing that every day for the last two weeks. And he said, well, then you're a Christian. And he said, do you know that you have eternal life? And I said, well, I I hope so. And he explained, well, did Jesus die for all your sins? And I said, well, yes. He said, well, what sin is there that would keep you from heaven? And I said, well, I guess there's none. Past, present, future. He died for them all. And uh, that would be 40 years ago this January. And in those 40 years, I've never doubted my salvation. I, I know I don't deserve to go to heaven. But because Jesus died for me on the cross, I know every sin of mine has been paid for. And that was the beginning of my spiritual journey. And that spring... Now, I just couldn't get enough of the Bible. I was going to all the noon Bible studies, Friday night Bible studies, Sunday morning Bible studies even. Uh, and I would also go to the Catholic church, but then I would go to those Bible studies on Sunday morning. And uh, I just couldn't get enough of it. But my grades really suffered. I was cutting classes and by the end of that semester, uh, my grades were really, really at bottom. <clears throat> and uh, I was getting kind of scared because I didn't feel completely connected with Christians. You know, they come Come up to me and say, "Hey, brother." And I would just get so repulsed by that. And I said, wait a minute, I've got a brother, you know, pad. But you're not my brother, you know. And, and another guy would uh, just be so nice. It's almost like he was too nice. I wasn't even sure if he was genuine or not, you know. And I, uh, I just didn't feel part of the Christian world. And then I didn't feel like I was succeeding in the in the world itself. And uh, the other thing then that happened was the church decided to, to leave. You know, that first summer, my freshman summer, our, the entire church... uh, our Great Commission Church back then, uh, decided to take off and move to Madison, Wisconsin. Now, they asked me to go with them, which is nice of them, but that was way off the commitment chart for me. No way I was going to move to Madison, Wisconsin with the church. You know, I just couldn't quite picture that. So I stayed and just plugged back in with the Catholic Church, and that's where I stayed for the next couple of years. And little by little, uh, God began to, to move in my life. Now, jumping back to that first uh, semester, uh, a month into my freshman year, a big thing happened in our family's life. I got a call on September 28th. My mom said, Tim, we've got a tragedy here today. A pretty sad thing happened. I said, well, well, what happened? Well, our hired man, Earl Brown, was struck and killed by lightning. He was loading up some silage in a silage pile on a 40 10 John Deere tractor, and uh, lightning hit him right in the head. It, Dad said he turned the color of green. Juice. And my dad. What happened there was he, even though he's a very strong man, he's you know my dad was a bomber pilot World War Two. He was uh, he was outspoken in the community. Uh, featured in Successful Farming Magazine he'd walk into the room you didn't need lights man it just lit up the whole room uh, a real strong personality he gave more money to the Catholic Church than anybody else and we would know that because we published every year our Catholic Church published everybody's name and what they gave I said hey dad dad you're at the top of the list again way to go you know And uh, but that was uh, the kind of dad but he just became very depressed and he'd be at up for, for hours and I would never know it because I'd be off at school enjoying my life but at home uh, Camelot was, uh, was dying was, was decaying and it needed to I suppose uh, for me to be able to cease being who I was in order to become who I could be and little by little God continued to work and in fact at the end of our freshman year we had another tragedy I was home during Labor Day Memorial Day weekend and I heard a shotgun blast right outside of my window and I had no idea what that was uh, I thought maybe somebody was hunting and about 6.30 in the morning, and then my sister Sue, I heard her yell, Tim, Dad's been hurt. And so I run downstairs, and Dad had uh, flesh just hanging on his arms. And what had happened was uh, my grandmother and grandpa just a quarter mile down there, they smelled gas in the, in the house, and so uh, they called, it was a cousin of ours, Jerome, to come over to, to actually fix the leak, he was a plumber. He went up afterwards and uh, sat down and uh, was going to light a cigarette. Grandpa told him, don't light that match. But as soon as he lit the match, the house blew up. The whole house. And one wall of the house blew across the, the road. Three walls were on an angle to the foundation. The roof was on an angle to the walls. I had two cousins upstairs they were visiting, blown out of the, out of the roof. When the roof popped off, the cousins blew out. And they landed on, uh, on their mattresses. Uh, the plumber was blown into the basement. They were all in the hospital for the whole summer. And Dad was there. Uh, Dad two brothers were visiting both physicians they were all wrapped up as well walking around the hospital trying to help people and um, again Camelot was just being destroyed little by little and there wasn't much at home there and uh, to go back to and so I I, uh, got a job in Topeka, Kansas and I worked in the uh, Goodyear Tire Plant there my uncle was a plant physician there uh, and a surgeon there in Topeka, Kansas and uh, I lived with them for free that summer and just worked at a good paying job and that summer I decided I'm going to become a priest and so I walked down to the Catholic church there and asked the priest about that that was kind of how God was working in my life at that point but little by little God uh, again started pulling me in and um, I spent one other summer uh, working in a ranch and I read the Bible cover to cover that summer and I came back that fall deciding, you know what, I am just going to pursue getting back with the Christians, the Christians that had led me to Christ years earlier. And so I plugged in with a household of brothers. And uh, I felt I needed to do that to get my life kind of back on track, spiritually speaking. It was kind of challenging, especially one of those brothers, <clears throat> Teresa Brun's uh, dad, Dale. He was one of them. No, I'm joking. Dale was a wonderful roommate. But uh, it was the other two guys who were so bad, you know. But anyway, I moved in there with Dale. And uh, the, Dave and Dave and uh, little by little, God began to grip my life there in Iowa. That first section, segment of my of my life. And, um, you know, I, um, I remember, um, uh, again, there wasn't as much to go home to, um, and uh, the Christians, I began to feel more comfortable with them over time, and I, um, I can remember one night, and it was in the parking lot, it was in my little 68 Ford Mustang, I was in there, uh, I don't remember crying much before that night, I don't remember crying much since that night, and I certainly don't remember weeping, but, you know, I think I wept for about two hours nonstop in that little car in that parking lot that night and I think it was over two things I think number one I really became gripped that none of my family were going to heaven you know that they were not Christians and then the other thing was I think I was really realizing Camelot was dead too you know my whole life in the past was gone now and I was kind of a free radical linked to this Christian group and uh, went down to a baptism shortly after that the pastor said well Tim how you been doing and I even surprised myself when I said "Uh, you know what I'm just thanking God for the family and at that point, I think uh, I became willing to cease being who I was in order to start the journey of being, coming who I could be. Because that was definitely the biggest decision next to accepting Christ was deciding that this is my spiritual family. And these are the people that I'm going to spend the rest of my life with, I thought. And shortly after that, that I got a call from Rick Whitney. And Rick, uh, who's very influential in my life over these years, said, Tim, how would you like to move with us to to Gainesville, Florida to start a church down there? And I thought about that. I thought I'd love to do it. Myself and another guy were sent on an advance team, two weeks in advance. It was on a Friday night. I was working as a as I had graduated from Iowa State, but spent three years working as a as a lab tech for the agron- ag engineering department, solar grain drying. And um, I uh, I decided to take Rick up on his offer to move to Florida. It was on a Friday night, my last day of work. I was in and out of these grain bins all day long. My boots were full of corn. I threw in the back seat of my 68 foot Mustang. I had I couldn't miss the Friday night Bible study, so I drove to the Friday Bible study. I had three invites that night, the three girls that lived next to us. They were three Malaysian girls. And they were always telling me about how they accepted Muhammad as their Savior. And I was telling them how I accepted Jesus as my Savior. And finally got them to go to that meeting. And at the meeting, I told them, by the way, I'm moving to Florida tonight. And they were all kind of shocked, you know. I won't be able to walk you home tonight. And it was about 10 o'clock. I hopped in the car. We drove to Florida. We got as far as Nashville. Tennessee that night. And then uh, I already had a job lined up by Dr. Uh, Byrne in Iowa State, new Dr. K at Florida. And he, uh, I had a shift from solar grain drying to solar fish drying, but it wasn't too tough, you know, to make the shift. And I had a job waiting for me when I got there. And uh, so we started working 20 hours a week. We tried to work minimal hours so we could do maximal hours with the church. When I pulled in the very first day there, uh, I pulled into the parking lot where I was to meet somebody. And uh, this black custodian at the Highlands Presbyterian parking lot there, uh, he saw my Iowa tags, and he said, hey, do you have any corn in that car? Well, I remember my boots, you know. So I said, just a second, I grabbed one of my boots, lit, put out the window, turned them upside down and corn just poured out. And, uh, and when that corn hit that pavement, that was the end of my first section of life. Uh, Camelot was dead, and um, I was on a whole other section of life. Iowa was behind me, and Florida was now ahead of me. And I would spend ten more years there. They were big years for me. Uh, in a nutshell, I married my wife, Julie. We had our first three kids. Aaron, who's married with three kids in Greeley. Uh, Katie came next, who's uh, married, and so Luke, what's his name? Uh, non i And uh, they're expecting here shortly. And then Ryan was born as well, uh, Ryan came on time, the other two were two weeks late, the girls were always late, you know how that was, but um, I remember since Ryan was running late, uh, was, you know, since they are always running late, I thought we'd have time to go to our uh, pastor's conference in Washington D.C., even though that was Ryan's due date, and I just figured he'd be late also, he wasn't. I got a call as we started singing our first, first hymn, and it was after supper, which I I, you know, just engulf these. I love onions and cucumbers, you know. And I just chow down on those. Anyway, it was a big snowstorm. We the last flight out. We got into Jacksonville. Some guys put me up. One speeding ticket on the way to Shands Hospital in Gainesville. At 2 o'clock I arrived. I hadn't seen my dad for three years. He was there. And uh, walked into the room to say hi to Julie. And I go, hi, Julie. And, of course, all she could smell were those onions and cucumbers Uh, which uh, I wear for about three days every time I eat those and Ryan, uh, Ryan was born 20 minutes later and that was how close that was. And then um, again, we were appointed as a pastor. Uh, and then after those 10 years, three kids and a marriage later, helping start a church in Tampa, one in Gainesville, uh, we decided to uh, bring an end to our Florida section of life. And we began to shift gears. Uh, Rick again called and <laughs> said to him, "How would you like to move to, to Denver. I turned him down once, and a year later he offered again. In that year, I appointed my brother-in-law, Matt Gore, uh, he married Julie's sister Jan as uh, a pastor there we worked together for a year there in Gainesville Florida and uh, Matt is still pastoring there in Gainesville even these many years later and so then we came to Colorado and uh, Colorado I could probably divide into three segments up till today Irma Drive, Century and then Henderson and in Irma Drive uh, we were all together a lot of us it grew uh, 1988 to 1991, Rick and I were together there. Rick went on south to Aurora. Uh, in 1991, uh, I kind of took over there at the church, and uh, you know we expanded a few times. Kind of took over more of the warehouse. We um, ended up um, going to two services. You know, kind of growing some, but it seemed like the growth tended to be Christian growth and. We thought, what if we moved to another school? And uh, it was in those days, by the way, that Jeff came down. I think there were a few others came down to help on that. But what if we moved to another school with that drawing some non-Christians? So we did a 20,000 phone campaign where we do $20,000. We identified you know, people who would want to go to church, but don't go to church. If they did go to church, we just encouraged them in that. And so then we, uh, we had 1,500 p- names. And we sent all than three mailers, you know, inviting them out to church. We, Rich uh, Thatcher came down from Fort Collins with a group of guys and did flyers in the area for us. And uh, we did flyers. Uh, we did a, a clay-coated, really nice a newsletter we sent out to folks. We really pushed hard on this. And that first Sunday, I had a series all in mind, the first message ready to go. I stood up geared for new people. I stood up that Sunday morning. We did not have even one visitor. Not one. And I was just shocked. The next five years, it was torture. Um, it was tough. We even had a Denver Bronco come in as a promo. He had two Super Bowl rings. I forget the guy's name. Uh, Les Watson's uh, dad was a football coach at Texas Tech for years and knew this guy. Lined it up for us. All I remember about that day was we had five visitors. And this guy took off the Super Bowl rings and gave one group of people, there's 20 people over there, there, you know, just completely tight together, looking at this Super Bowl ring, and another 20 over there, and this football player, I can't remember his name, said to me, Tim, i got to go to the bathroom, keep an eye on my rings for me. And I thought, oh, Lord. So, nothing seemed to work. We even lost a couple small groups because, you know, people became disgruntled and wondered why. And so it was tough. And then, I decided, uh, you know, financially it was so tough, I said, look, you know, guys, you know, lower my salary to a thousand bucks next month I have six kids been a pastor 15 years but give me permission to just go out and try to find work you know and uh, so long short story I don't want to take too long here but we ended up uh, we ended up bidding on a commercial cleaning project and uh, we we got it we had it for 10 years and uh, you brought in a thousand bucks a month within six months uh, we had nine buildings all word of mouth and God just provided for us in those days and uh, we were just so grateful to him before that it was a miracle really and so we cleaned a lot of toilets I don't know anybody's you know, uh, you know vacuum more carpet than Kate and Ryan and others we had 88 family hours a week for a number of years uh, counting my hours and the kids hours and Julie's hours and then we decided to try Henderson we moved out there you know guys we handed out 400 flyers and that first Sunday we had 200 visitors I don't get it. I don't understand it. <laughs> But we just popped overnight. And it was huge for us for seven or eight years. But over the last few years, we have struggled. A lot have left. Our church has gotten older. And this past year, especially, a lot of our younger families have left. And it's really brought us to the point, you know, really now, which is now a new segment of our life in Colorado, uh, the merging of our churches where we brought in John Meyer. We began to pray about it, think about it. Should we, you know, consider, what should we consider doing? And the idea surfaced what about approaching the brothers here uh, Rich, Jeff and what about the idea of joining our forces together and I can say that I am so happy and grateful that that we've done that Uh, three years ago I did start a business uh, as many of you know, because many of you have worked for me. I don't know. Uh, it seems like I, uh, I know Alan has and Bobby has and Greg has and Ryan does and Katie did and Luke has and I'm not sure. Brian is now, his dad had started, there are taller guys now, Brian and you guys. So anyway, but we had to start something and because uh, I didn't, I felt like we got to get another pastor on board here and uh, I wasn't sure we could get two salaries going and yet I was dependent on on a salary and I thought could I start a business that could replace my salary and we think this business has done that uh, we're excited about that prospect and so I'm excited to be a support pastor to a full time guy coming on board and having a plurality of leaders up north a plurality down here kind of a super plurality over both churches and boy staff on campus we're just thrilled we just really are we just believe this is God's hand now that brings me to the mighty men uh, Thank <laughs> you.